Hello everyone and thank you so much as always for clicking on this podcast and this particular episode of Joe Blogs about films. Whether you're a first time listener or a long time listener, like I state every episode, I really appreciate your support. Thank you so much as always for clicking, for listening, for spinning, for sharing. It means the absolute world. Now I'm quite late to this film as I've had quite a manic week or so, but finally managed to catch the latest film in this Kenneth Branagh series of Agatha Christie adaptations, A Haunting in Venice, which on the back of the trailers, it looked to shake up the franchise, or trilogy as it is now, in a very, very spooky manner. Directed, of course, by Kenneth Branagh from a screenplay by Michael Green, and it's loosely based on the 1969 Agatha Christie novel Halloween Party. Now, I've enjoyed the films that Branagh has released it from this Poirot series. I genuinely think that he is fantastic as the lead character, and you're probably going to hear me say that a few times on this podcast episode. But not only that, his direction and his vision even if the film is a little bit flat in places you can't argue or deny just what he can do with the camera and what he wants to present in the final product he has an eye for great sequences and A Haunting in Venice certainly has a lot of great sequences it's not the best film you're ever going to see but it definitely felt like an improvement on Death on the Nile for example again I'm not saying that that film was bad and that I didn't enjoy it because I did however you could certainly see that like Covid had an impact on that film now as usual this latest adaptation is packed with a nicely sized cast who for the most part do well there are some in here that aren't given really anything to do and some crazy good talent that is simply wasted but as hauntings go this had a nice amount of tension and suspense but nothing that makes you think oh god this is this is a bit much for an adaptation from Agatha Christie but I, I do think that the regular and average cinema goers need to remember that that it is as I say an Agatha Christie's you know adaptation granted the marketing for the film has kind of pitched it as like another classic ghost story that maybe some people have gone in thinking exactly that you know as opposed to it just being a murder mystery that the good old poor Arrow's got to resolve, so if you didn't know when you were going in just exactly what the film was, I can certainly see where more disappointment might creep in. This isn't any like Amateurville horror or The Shining or any other horror film like that that sadly slipped my mind right now, but you get my point. And that's what we're going to be discussing on this podcast, which of course is available on Apple, Spotify and Google Podcasts, as to RSS.com. Jump onto Facebook and to Instagram and give us a like and a follow on there too, searching Joe Blogs About Films. If you could too as well, hit the notification button on Spotify or Apple or wherever it is that you listen to the podcast from. That'd be awesome. But finally too, please leave a review, hit those five stars in. That'd be awesome. I would absolutely adore it and love you very, very much. But just thank you ever so much though for listening to this episode. Hercule Poirot has retired to Venice. His old friend Ariadne Oliver asks him to investigate a charismatic psychic Mrs Reynolds which opens a new mystery. So along for this ride, of course, we have Kenneth Branagh, that's a given, but two are Tina Fey, Camille Cotton, Jamie Dornan, Ricardo Scamasio, Kyle Allen, Kelly Riley, and Michelle Yeoh for good measure. And like I said a moment ago, most of this cast is pretty solid. I probes won't go over every cast member, um, just the ones that kind of stood out, whether that's bad or good. And if, if there's some that don't get a mention, just take that as a positive as they clearly didn't hinder my experience. But the main thing that I liked about this film more than anything else was just following Poirot through this nightmare and seeing him question what is real and what isn't. The character is as established as he can ever be in this film series, from his love of boiled eggs, that's two to be exact for breakfast, his devilish moustache, and of course, his wit and incredible mind to study and bring closure to cases. We know what to expect, and Branner, as I said, 
is fantastic in this role. However, I thought the film was most compelling whenever Poirot was alone in a bathroom or a spare room and just trying to clear his thoughts and work out just what the hell is going on. Like, he knows that ghosts do not exist. However, his belief is being shook by the events of what's happening within this house. It's very entertaining to start with Tina Fey's Ariadne, who brings Poirot to the seance within this house where there's Halloween party for children's ongoing, and basically she's asking him to see what she what she can't see, what she can't debunk of Mrs. Reynolds, that's Michelle Yeo's work, you know. It's a lot of fun just hearing Poirot just go around saying how everything's a trick and even being able to work out so much of Michelle Yeo, like what she's doing and how she's doing it, but there's about 20% of the case that he just can't wrap his head around straight up, especially once the body starts to pile up anyways. Now Tina Fey, whilst talking about her, she was great. Another standout and again, a believable back and forth in relationship between her and Poirot. She's like an old friend of Poirot who's just trying to bring him out of retirement and help him with this particular case so she can basically write a book. She's a novelist and in the day she wants to write a new story about it. But I did enjoy the chemistry that these two had and I thought it was quite refreshing in this film on the back of the last two films especially since Poirot's best friend I forgot his name he's passed away obviously passed away in Death on the Nile but I felt that Tina Fey brought something extra extra, like a new layer to Poirot really and it, and it was nice as well just while we're touching upon the whole Poirot being retired I quite like that as well you know people wanting his help but him just not having any of it he's kind of just just like I say just done with all of that it's only when he sees this that's almost like too hard to believe at times that it obviously brings like a resurgence to his work but as I was stating sorry the most suspenseful moments all involved Poirot pretty much alone and that's where it really really got like the hairs on your neck standing up you know all the way through that there's going to be a plausible explanation to all of this it's just getting to it and it takes you on a real spin to do so now the other positive for me as well was just the beautiful landscape and backdrop of Venice like it all looked gorgeous and some of the scenes are well laid out where you can have like Poirot in the centre of the frame and the backdrop is just another beautiful setting the main thing too is that in comparison to Death on the Nile which was heavily green and blue screens this is all real everything you see as far as I could tell anyways was all there on set once the characters are in the house in venice we don't really ever leave it too and that worked very very well like the film it felt really cold like the use of the rain and the canals as like as to the the damp that's within this this house this falling down wreck of a house it made you feel cold in the cinema and it was brilliantly aided with the limited lighting that the film had too it really did get and capture that haunted house vibe exceptionally well now the other thing too is that brandy uses a lot of close-ups as well within the film especially with Poirot just like felt we were invading invasive of his personal space but really trying to get into that mind of of his you know as he's working out this case and one of my favorite shots of the entire film was where Poirot is walking in this hallway and the camera does like a loop starting right side up and then finishing upside down quite literally everything Poirot knows or thinks he knows is being flipped. Michelle Yeo too is part of the cast and she is such a talent, however is simply completely wasted in this film. Uh, the scenes she is in are absolutely brilliant, really, really great. I loved it when she's in it, I was like, this is... This is awesome. And then without going into spoils, her scenes stop and the film just dips drastically once that happens. I was very surprised how little she was involved, but she did a stellar job with the moments that she was in. Jamie Dornan was extremely poor in this film in my eyes. I kind of, with him though, I did like a lot of this almost fisheye lens that they did with the camera surrounding his character. His character is the most unhinged. He's suffering from PTSD 
Um, and they just ran with that, you know, like I, I did, I did feel that he was reading from a script most of the time and it felt really unnatural. And the same applies as well for Kyle Allen, um, his character that's in there. I'm not sure if he was told it was a film that he was in and not a stage production, but he really felt out of place in this movie. Now, the last couple of actors that I'll give a shout to is Kelly Riley as Rowena Drake and Camille Cotton as Olga Seminoff. Riley's character, Rowena Drake, is is the whole reason that these characters are here, as sadly her daughter died under mysterious circumstances, bringing in these old tales of this haunted house that they reside in, that the children have previously perished in there, and the spirits never left, yada, 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 you know what I mean? Now, Riley was good in the film. Emotions do run high, of course, but nothing that I was like, whoa, this is like a fantastic performance from her. I thought that she was thought she was good. And I would say that Camille Cotton as Olga was great. Again, not like a huge, huge standout, but I just found that every line that she delivered uh, was just really well performed and it didn't feel like she was an actor playing a part, if you get me. But overall, I felt this film was okay at best. It might seem a little convoluted with the explanation of what exactly has happened and all that. But you expect something to be a little over the top with these films. It can't ever be simple, you know. It's a Poirot story at the end of the day. And granted, the film is quite slow in places. But if anything, the aesthetics of the film with its, you know, gothic backdrop and suspense is what keeps you gripped throughout. And it's something I took away from it because I enjoyed, that's what I enjoyed mostly from this film. Now, I can't remember exactly what I gave the last two films out of 10. I think it was, I'm pretty sure it was either a 6 or a 6.5 for both, obviously, Murder on the Orient Express and Death on the Nile. So I'm just going to go for the same score for this one. Um, I, I think it is a 6, 6.5. It's, again, nothing that's going to blow blow you away or whatever. It's not going to be in my list of like top 10 films this, that, and the other of the year, but it was a decent enough trip to the cinema. Now, in terms of ranking as well, I don't think anything has beaten Murder on the Orient Express. I thought what Brandon did with that one was tremendous, but I do think that Haunting in Venice is a step up from Death on the Nile, um, especially in terms of execution and style. I thought Death, I thought Death on the Nile was fine, was decent enough, but it, like I said, the whole themes of this one and like I said, that gothic and suspense that's in a Haunting in Venice is pretty much what what I enjoyed most. But more important, I'd love to know what you think. Have you caught Haunting in Venice? Are you enjoying these brand of films? Because I certainly am. I can't wait to see more. Really, if I'm being honest, like. Whenever it's announced there's a new one coming out, I'm like, great. I remember when this one dropped and the trailer came out, I was like, where's this come from? So again, looking forward to seeing what he does next, which one he kind of takes and runs with, because I'm always interested in the ones that I don't really know much, which most people, I don't really know much about anything, anything Agatha Christie. There's obviously just the odd few that I do know about, um, which is kind of a given since the last, if you listen to the last few reviews, I, I've said straight up, I, I've not read enough of Agatha Christie. don't really know many of the twists or the reveals, this and that. So everything's kind of like, it is like my first experience with how things unfold and such. So I am very excited with what Branagh can do because I think that he is absolutely nailing Poirot, to be honest with you. I think he's doing a very, very good job. But thank you as always for listening. As I say, do keep in touch on the socials. Give us a like and a follow on Instagram and Facebook. Search your blogs about films, all that jazz. More importantly, let's have a chat about films, eh? But thank you as always for listening. Until the next episode, take care.